Hi sis, you've come to the right place. Living Content Podcast is rooted in the knowing that we are already healed, divine, made perfect, whole and complete. The conversations here are more about remembering that, getting to know ourselves better through different healing modalities. Here, we learn to grant ourselves access to ourselves now. We affirm ourselves of our worthiness for peace, great joy, love and abundant wealth embedded even here where we find ourselves. This here is a safe space for women to heal, cultivate joy and sisterhood. I am your host, Olarado, and I hope that this episode is a soft, sweet reminder that you are not alone. Hello, sis and the brother in the room. Hello, fam. Welcome to the first episode of a series I have created where I interviewed women who I have been inspired by their work, their healing journey, and the way they hold space. In this series, I uncover ways in which the work that they do has been part of their reclamation of self-journey and how it expanded beyond self to being of service to others. Today, I'm in conversation with Vuyo, who is a behavioral money coach and a founder of Money EQ. I was divinely connected to Vuyo through this platform and I have been so blessed by her work. With over seven years working experience in financial services regulation as a financial analyst and passion for human behavior and helping people uncover their greatest potential, Vuyo married her background in finance with her passion for people and became a money coach. In our conversation, we talk about her journey, how her pursuit to finding her own freedom led her to the work that she does now and how important it is to understand the root of our money stories first and giving it language. The video version of this conversation is also available on YouTube. So if you want to watch and listen, you can find the link to our YouTube channel on the show notes. And this is our conversation. Do enjoy. Over the past weeks, you've actually opened me up and peeled me like an onion. So I am so glad that I'm finally having this conversation with you. And people get to know you and about your work as well. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I, I'm very excited to be here because I've been a, a follower um, of your podcast, a listener or a part of your audience. And I really love the work you do. So, you know, it's really great that I get to be on this seat today and have this conversation with you. Oh, thank you. That is so encouraging. I mean, when you reached out, I will forever be grateful for the day which you chose to reach out to me because here we are and there's so much work that I actually got to do as well um, since the time we, meet, we met. And uh, that is the work that we'll be talking about today. Mm-hmm. What I really love about you as a human is your heart for your work and how delicate you are which makes it even more transformative, (laughs) honestly, which makes it even more transformative because you place so much love, attention and intention to it. And I can safely say that I have unpacked a lot with you that I've never done with a therapist. And I know I tell you this, but every after the sessions that we would have, I still found myself unraveling and experiencing so many aha moments of finally Mm -hmm. connecting so many dots (laughs) in my life. And I don't know if it's because of the space which I am in now mentally, but also I would say that your work has been so, I think it has pushed me or nudged me in in the direction which I wouldn't have done alone individually. So that's Mm -hmm. why... I say I am grateful for the day which you reached out and <laughs> for the person who's probably listening right now and wondering who is Vuyo. Vuyo is a, a money coach and I would also say a money story healer. I think she is a healer. She has not said that herself, but I'm also just going to let her introduce herself. Um, but I would ask you this question rather, how do you relate to yourself now in your life? Um, well, you know, lately <laughs> I've been thinking about, uh, you, you said something this other, um, actually you put it on one of your posts on Instagram, how, you know, um, your name is Lerato, uh, but you know, you like to call yourself Olerato, <laughs> which <laughs> I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but you know, yeah. which means she is love. Mm-hmm. And that resonated so much with me because I think like I'm, uh, my name is Vuyo. Never mind that I'm Swati, but it's a closer name. Mm-hmm. It's a closer name for joy. And 
in a sense, I also feel like I am um, joy personified, right? Um, I like to spread joy to the people around me and yeah. I'm just like a, 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 a joyful soul. So, so yeah, so I've been thinking um, about myself in that sense lately, uh, thinking that, you know, I also get to spread joy through the work that I do. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. It really does. It does. Because I think why I asked, how do you relate to yourself? Because very often we think about how am I um, to people? Who am I to people? Um, what roles do I play? Yeah. And that's why I wanted to understand how do you relate to yourself more so? So I do love joy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love how <laughs> yeah. you actually describe yourself. And I actually never thought about the fact that Vuyo is in Kosa. In my mind, when you said Vuyo... <laughs> It's, yeah. it's, it's in the Nguni line, right? So I thought yeah. everything all-encompassing, it, so it makes sense. Yeah. So I often think that, I don't know, Nay, if it's something that you also believe or maybe something that you experience in your journey. I often mm-hmm. believe that our stories, our personal stories are somehow connected to what we decide to be our offering in this world, right? And what we get yeah. drawn towards Um being our calling in this world whichever way you put it how is your personal story connected to your offering and would you say that landing here where you are right now was part of reclaiming self uh yeah I definitely think that um landing here was (laughs) part of reclaiming self um how I got to doing this kind of work doing money coaching was pursuit of freedom right I wanted freedom so on on the surface I wanted financial freedom and on the surface you know it was just the freedom and you know uh wondering why um my finances are all over the place I don't know where my money's going I'm stuck in this career that I don't like and I don't know how to get out and um I can't stick to my plans (laughs) budgeting, uh, trying to save, trying to do all of that. It was a struggle for me. So at the surface level, that was my issue. But in this pursuit of mine, um, I, as I was learning, right, how to manage my own money, I became interested in sharing with other people, my colleagues, my friends, my family, my husband, you know, you know, this is what we need to do. This is how we need to (laughs) This is how we can all be winning. You know, this is how we can all live the kinds of lives that we want to live. Um, And so that's when I had this aha moment of, you know what? I can actually do coaching, like financial coaching Mm. as a career because I was... I was looking for what can I do with my life? Because certainly corporate is not it for me, Mm. right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think that the point of reclamation, if I may call it that, was when I started doing the training for money coaching. That's when I got to go deeper beneath the surface. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beneath the surface to find out to understand my story and to actually wake up to my story Um, and, you know, to just understand um, my beliefs, my attitudes towards money. I got to know so many things about myself. And the other thing about this, this, this training or this work that I do is that there's a lot of you know, human behavior, human development in it. And I love that stuff. Mm. (laughs) I am completely fascinated. I just love getting to know people and understanding how they think, how they process um, thoughts and how they process situations. And, And so it was just amazing for me to actually, um, step into this kind of work where I get to do something that I'm so drawn to, if I may call it that. It was amazing to me to get to know that, you know what, one of my personal strengths is empathy and um, developing potential in others. I I, I have a very good 
eye for potential and other people and you know I'm always cheering them on and I want (laughs) I want to see them winning and um and so it's just so amazing that I stepped into this you know work that embodies all of these things that are part of me where I get to show empathy where I get to um encourage other people and cheer them on as they're working towards their goals but at the same time I needed that you know part of my story is I I needed that beneath the surface I was a person who struggled with self-worth I was a person who struggled with um um belief in myself I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere and so (laughs) and so now I get to help people who are going through the same thing I get to help people who are struggling with what they're worth who who don't feel like they belong um or who've who've being betrayed by people that they love and I help them to wake up to who they really are right so yeah I was saying my story is connected to the work that I now do because I found out that I myself needed healing in this way and I had these experiences um, that other people have had and you know I get to help them with healing um, those experiences. Mm. And I think that's what makes the difference, right? When you are working with a coach, it's it's really about how intimately do they know this experience that you're also going through. And I think that's what created the connection or the deep connection mm-hmm. as well, because I, I somehow I just let down my arm, I would say, my, you know, like I was like, okay, um, I don't yeah. know how much I could share, but the more you were also open to share your own story, the easier it was to also share, because oftentimes we place shame upon those things, you know, that we went through and forgetting that someone else went through. But when you as a coach also know them intimately, it just creates that Mm -hmm. level of connection and also understanding in how you are able to hold space for the person that you are, you know, your, your, what do you call them? Is it a client? Yeah, I don't I even call clients. your client. <laughs> yes, um, you are able to work with them um, at a different level as well. So, and what I also love about what you just said right now, again, you just, I would say, proved that you are an embodiment of your name. Kasetswana, they say, right? Which is mm-hmm. you embody your name. And you were talking about as you were also learning, you wanted to share all these lessons that you were also just gaining um within your journey and wanting to impart them with the next person and you are definitely the cheerleader that you do. I mean I, I I was just surprised when you actually uh, reached out and I was like what did she see in me but anyway <laughs> so exactly what you said um again just showing that you are an embodiment of your name so thank you for the work that yeah. you do. <laughs> thank you uh, thank you thank you Um, You know, you you said something, you said something just now about, you know, holding space. And I wanted to share with you that, you know, um, recently, a description of, of coaching or of what I do, that I resonate with deeply, you know, I landed on it. And, you know, that's what I do. I, I hold space, right? a whole space yeah <laughs> I'm not helping people do you know on my website you'll see that you know I help people um build lives that are financially fulfilling but but I like this one more because it's not me that's actually doing the work you know I just hold the space for you to wake up to who you are your capabilities I hold space for you to connect with what it is you truly want, what Mm -hmm. meaning you want money to bring into your life, how you want money to bring fulfillment into your life. So I just make the space for you to connect with all of that and to do so in a safe space with no judgment. And, you know, I think in a way that is healing because we don't often get the time or space to do that. But when we do, it's just amazing, you know, 
the possibilities that come out of that or what a person wakes up to. I mean, <laughs> what you just said right now just also reminded me of, uh, you know, they say, as you said, um, a healer is someone who holds space for you to do the work, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it also goes down to the meaning of what healing means, that it's not about discovering self, but it's more about remembering self. And that's why I want to say mm -hmm. reclaiming self, yeah. because it's always mm -hmm. been there. It's, it's, it's mm -hmm. been clouded by all these experiences that you've had in life and you've molded these ideas about who you are, but really that's not truly who you are. So what mm -hmm. you do you remind a person of who they are and you break down all these worlds that they've created an identity around and you just tell them this is not you and here's a language you can use to actually create a more nourishing um, narrative about yourself because what you've been mm -hmm. told and how you've been taught to relate to yourself it's not how it truly is and I think mm -hmm. that's the beautiful part about the work that you do is that it's giving language to give language to someone is to to heal someone because sometimes mm -hmm. the language that we adopt along the way it's not for mm -hmm. us right and I, I yeah. want to also just just dive into that maybe some more and um talk about how you have like there's this there's this way or approach that you also adopt in your offering that considers uh, ancestral healing as well should i say ancestral and childhood experience as well as parental influence in our money mm -hmm. stories right i want you to explain why is that important to start there it's it's a, okay maybe let me start with you know the money story bit um our money stories or our attitudes towards money, our perceptions of money, it all begins in our childhood with our parents or guardians and in our families. That's where it begins. Um, you know, that's where we get to observe the attitudes that our parents have. We get to observe their perspective of money, how they react to financial situations and what meaning money holds to them. And even though we don't realize us, but realize it, but all the while we are internalizing all of these things that we are observing. And we carry it forward to our adult lives, right? And most of the time it's often unconscious that we are carrying these. <laughs> the same attitudes, maybe the same perceptions and beliefs, even if there was something that we disliked, you find that subconsciously, we, <laughs> we, <Yeah>. are, um, <laughs> we, are, we are demonstrating the same attitude or we are kind of exhibiting the same um, perceptions and attitudes that our, our parents had. So it's often subconscious. So why it's important um, to consider our childhood experiences um, is because if we want to change our relationship with money, if we want to change how we relate to money, we have to go back and see where and how the beliefs and attitudes we have were formed, right? Because when we know, then we're able to change. I mean, it follows that your ability to to change your relationship with money, it will only move in the same direction as your consciousness. So the more conscious you are, the more you're able to change your relationship with money. So that's why you have to go back and see where it all started, how it was formed, um, and what meaning it holds to you. And then, then try to kind of charter a new path for yourself how you want it to be and create a more positive relationship with money mm. yeah. sure you know that just took me back to how i mean obviously the first thing that you are introduced to is is your your near environment your home right and whatever yeah, happens there yeah. is exactly how you're going to make sense of the world is exactly how you're going to think actually the entire world operates this way right and yeah. I, I think about how my fear around being perceived as greedy um not even greedy but I would say selfish um and we spoke about this has been 
like I would say has repelled or has made it hard for me to create boundaries um, around that and us as black people, I guess. And I guess this is not just different to us though, but the black child text is is a thing that we sometimes inherit. And it's very hard then to come up with uh, boundaries when it comes to that so that you can also just look after yourself and your family if you're building a family and for me that whole belief of being fearful of being perceived as selfish because my dad was that guy who was selfish and you know greedy Mm -hmm. in a sense so I I want to talk about how these things um poor relationship with self-worth as well as being able to receive and the guilt around formulating these boundaries for ourselves can actually hinder us from having a nourishing relationship with money because we are so afraid and sometimes we repel it yes sometimes we yeah. it. but how do you create a healthy relationship with money you know the first thing is to is to get to know those those beliefs that you have and often these beliefs that we have they're so limiting and limiting in in you know they they allow us to to stay small to think small (laughs) um uh and they're also self-defeating in the sense that they're inherently designed to prevent us from Mm. manifesting what we truly want our end results or our desired outcome so you have to do the work going back into your money past money history to find out you know I mean just taking the journey to your money past and remembering your experiences you know what happened what did I what conclusion did I draw from this experience when this happened with my parents what, what belief did I form from this experience? When my mom or my dad said this to me, how did it make me feel? And, and, and what conclusion did I draw from that? And, you know, just taking that walk and reflecting on all of these things, it then helps you to realize what you are holding on to that's not serving you. And then, and <laughs> I like to call it, it empowers you, right? Mm-hmm. just just getting to know that it empowers you to make the change because then you start to think oh this is who I was or this is who I have been that's that wasn't serving me that wasn't helping me um find contentment or fulfillment in my life but this is who I want to be and what beliefs do I need to adopt or what kind of thinking do I need to adopt to become this person, this person that I now want to be? So you go back to see where you, who you are or who you have been in order to charter a new path for who you want to be. And consciously, because we have to be deliberate about that, right? Right. And consciously and deliberately now um, become this person that you need to be or that you want to be to get your desired outcome sure yeah (laughs) (laughs) i i I think about i was just now going through some of the money types that you once shared with me but as you were saying that think about the conclusions that you derived based on your experiences when this and that was happening how did you now relate to yourself because very often most of us have this thing of thinking that we are never enough right and yes if you choose to actually find the root cause of it and realize that it was maybe because of every time you came up with a project from school or you still aced it at school, it was never given attention or it was never really recognized and rewarded and celebrated as Mm -hmm. well. So there was never a time where you felt like what you did was ever enough. And you grow up with this whole narrative in your mind that it's never enough. And even your ask to this world is just feeling like you have to do the most to get bare minimum right and Mm. I I want to say what state of mind has does one have to be in to be open enough to 
begin to start that journey because uh, you know that thing butter you can take a horse to the river but you can yeah. never make but yeah. drink the water yeah. How, yeah. How, how do you help someone get to that point of wanting to do the work if ever you can ever help someone to get to that point you you can't <laughs> I, I don't think you can I've yet to meet someone who's able to make the horse drink. <laughs> you know, it is, there's this book that I once read, The Mountain Is You. And how they put it is, you have to reach your own breaking point. You have to, to reach your own rock bottom. Yeah. For example, right? So you have to get to that place where you are so unhappy and and really want change. Like, you know, you've gotten to the point where you're like, something's got to give, you know, yeah. this can't be it for me. And then getting to that point often is what, you know, will make a person willing to, to do this kind of work or looking at their lives, just reflecting on their lives and seeing, you know what, I'm not living. Sometimes it's just that, you know, I'm not living. Yes, yes. I'm not living. Yes. This is not what I want to be experiencing in my life. So, you know, reflecting on, uh, on things like that is what normally gets a person thinking something's got to change. I need to do something differently or I need to bring, bring about change in my life. And those are the people who, who are most likely to stay the course, to do the work and to be committed to it because they really want the change. But when it's just someone, you know, who, you know, maybe saw, saw, oh, there's money coaching, maybe was a little interested, you know, and maybe wasn't ready, they're not going to commit yeah. because it's, <laughs> you have to be willing to do the internal work. Yeah. And I don't know how you get a person to be willing to, look within themselves or to do internal work i ask this because money conversations are hard generally right yeah. and then couple that with asking a person to look inwards those two things are very hard <laughs> now yeah. you are asking me to do the two most hardest things that yes i was not taught to engage yeah. and to have a safe conversation about those things. And there are some people who have, I think a lot of us do avoid them. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we bury ourselves and act as though, no, it's not <laughs> happening. I am, yeah. I have not reached dead, dead bottom or dead rock, whatever. Um, and the yeah. same with money. You see quite a lot of people who, and so much, but there is nothing that shows that, you know, you are having a, yeah. a wealthy life and wealth is, is different to your account, what's in your account sometimes, yeah. you know, yeah. so that's why mm -hmm. I asked that because you really have to get to a point where you're also just dissatisfied and unhappy with the way you are living life and you do want something yeah. in life and yeah. yeah, I want us then to dive into, I think the part that I really enjoyed as well about our sessions, which was understanding the language, because I, I feel like language is everything. Um, the reason mm -hmm. why is because it's, it, it helps one understand themselves better. As I said earlier, yeah. that it's so easy to wear whatever people throw at you and make it your own identity. Um, but having the yeah. language to um, explain what is happening in your life and also understanding the context of how your life is built up really um, could have an influence to how you relate to yourself right so talking about language I think one thing that I found so helpful was also understanding the money types and yeah. um, <laughs> yes um, so maybe just briefly explain the ones that you encounter the most because I think there's eight types I'm not sure if you would yeah. be able to go through all of them but just highlight the ones that you often encounter the most and what is what is I would say the wound because I think it has the wound part or the fear part and how does yeah. maybe one heal that part yeah just explaining the types 
high level and maybe the wound part and how do one get to transform because we can't dwell on the problem but how does one get to a healing place I I just want to backtrack a little and and go back to the languaging you said you know you really love uh languaging because it helps you to make sense of everything and I remembered something that my coach uh the founder of the institute that I trained with um what she said she said that if you can if you can name it then you can change it right yeah so I really like that so yeah so um there are eight money types which we use um to it's just a way in which to explain or um, describe your behavior towards money. So, you know, um, it doesn't mean that you are that, but it just explains your behavior towards money. So there are eight of them. I can't say, (laughs) I don't have um, one that I I can say, you know, this one is the one that I encounter frequently. Oh, okay. So, So maybe I can just quickly try and go through them there's eight of them there's the innocent the innocent is the one who's like they have an ostrich approach towards money right (laughs) they they bury their head in the sand they don't want to deal with their finances would rather not look at their bank statements or take any responsibility for their finances (laughs) and then um there is the fool uh you can think of the fool as like the, the gambler, the happy, happy-go-lucky, you know, they're just living for the moment, you know, mm. and taking risks with their money, taking shortcuts to make quick money, you know, uh, they don't think about the consequences, so they're just living for the moment. Um, oh, by the way, you had said that, you know, what's the wound? Um, for the innocent, um, they seek security, right? They want to feel secure. And I guess, you know, just confronting, confronting their, their finances, their money, it, it, it makes them very anxious. It makes them fearful, you know? Um, so they just want to be secure. Mm. <laughs> they want to be secure. And um, what's the fool's wound? Huh, I need to think about that one. <laughs> Um, but then there's also um, the um, there's I'll the check that victim. One for you. I'll check yeah. the <laughs> I think also for 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 the innocent, it was the fear of abandonment as well. I oh yes, the fear of abandonment. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. That is true. That is true. So some innocents, you'll find that some are still staying at home with their parents. And they can't move out and take responsibility for their lives, you know. Um, sure. um, and then we have a, the victim, the one that blames other people and other external factors for their um, financial woes. They won't take any responsibility and they're always living in the past, you know. They feel betrayed and always living in the past, like, you know, you know, this and this and this happened to me. So you need to be doing this for me. So this is owed to me, right? And most of the time victims have, they've suffered a lot of hurt and trauma and have gotten attached to, you know, their stories, their wounds, so attached that, you know, just can't move forward um, with their lives. Um, and then uh, we have the warrior. The warrior is the one who's financially self-actualized, successful, independent, very decisive, goal-oriented, <laughs> very good qualities. But sometimes uh, a person who is a warrior, very successful, they do, they might have the fear of loss of control, right? So they want to hold on to control in their lives. It's not very easy for them to to open themselves up to receiving help um, and to having other people do things for them. Mm -hmm. And most of the time they consider other people competition. (laughs) Other people competition sometimes when it's not necessary, you know. Um, And then we have the martyr. The martyr is the one who is self-sacrificing, very giving of themselves. long-suffering, very generous, and often their generosity has strings attached, right? 
They are yeah. doing things for you, but deep down, they are expecting some kind of validation or something in return. Mm. So that when they don't get that in return, they have a resentment. I don't know if you know any people like that. I know some in my family. <laughs> I I know quite a few I know quite a few I think another thing what I saw about the Mataya is that the addiction to being needed you know like you forget that people like your siblings like your like yeah your kids sometimes at some point will outgrow you yeah so when Mm. a person stops needing needing you then it becomes like I won't say betrayal, but it becomes that thing that you're talking about that they just want you to stay needing them and validating. Yeah. 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 I just saw that as well with them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So that was number six, right? So the seventh one is the tyrant, the one who, you know, often manipulates other people and uses money to control and manipulate other people and situations. And they always want to be in control financially. Mm. Um, Yeah, for the tyrant, I think for them too, they have wounds that they're holding on to, maybe a lack of love from their parents, you know, that turned them into you know sometimes in some families your parent just gives you money you're not going to get love you're not going to get any emotion from me you just get money and you do what is expected of you You go to school you do well you know and and we carry that forward Mm -hmm. a child who grew up like that will carry that forward into their relationships someone else maybe someone who for example someone who has abused can you think of someone who has abused and they are needing to have power over other people, right? Yeah. 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 I'm never going to let anyone yeah. ever control yeah. me or ever have power over me. So I'm going to be the one that's controlling people. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting now that I'm saying that, it's just so interesting how these things, they manifest into our finances it's just it amazes me yeah I think how you relate to yourself is never separate to any other aspect like it it, yeah how you relate to yourself is connected to everything that you are and it will always spew into those aspects and as you were talking about the is it a tyrant I was just thinking about this story I don't know for anyone who's who watches generation I watch Generation because my husband watched Generation. Sometimes it bores me, <laughs> you know. But the storyline right now, it's so interesting. But there's this girl, like, it's two teenagers, one who's from Alex, one who's from the riches. And the one who's mm-hmm. from the riches, their fam- her family does exactly what you're talking about. All they do is throw money at her. They are barely there. They are barely there to celebrate anything. And she's an influencer as well mm-hmm. in the story. So the mm-hmm. one from Alex is from a poor background. And I guess Mama Hai, Kimang, uh, a tavern owner, decided, the one who adopted her, decided to actually take her to um, this expensive school. So that's where she meets this girl. So this girl mm-hmm. who doesn't get the attention and the affection from her parent, I guess also, as you were saying, that what we what is done to us is what we often do to others. You know, we cannot give the love mm-hmm. that we also don't know, right? Um, yeah. yeah. So she uses money to manipulate people. But in a sense, she will curate these experiences that will get the girl staying her friend, even though, like, you know, it's, it's, it's actually not healthy for the child, for the girl, for the yeah. girl from Alex. But she will uh-huh. keep her as a friend even when she's the toxic one, but you'll see, you can see how it's, it's a, it's a, it's a child who's been deprived of love. And the only mm-hmm. way she is able to create relationship is by using money, but also being manipulative around how yeah. she has those relationships. So it's yeah. not only as we are adults, it, it clearly is nurtured as well in some sense. I wouldn't say nurtured, but it, it develops within us as well. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and you know, it's so interesting. My 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 father and I were having this conversation um 
we're having this conversation recently and we were just noting how how our we carry our experiences forward to our kids and they carry their you know those experiences to their kids um and we were talking about this in the context of you know he he didn't grow up with his mom and his and his dad right and he didn't feel like he belonged and he carried it forward and i didn't grow up with him and i didn't feel like i belonged to an extent right and I carried, <laughs> I carried it forward, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was thinking about that. So even with these money experiences, we carry them forward, and you know, we 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 teach that. Well, we give our children similar experiences, mm-hmm. and they carry it forward to the next generation. Which is why, you know, I think it's so important to do this work. They say we're breaking generational curses, but. <laughs> But, you know, not, you know, just breaking those experiences mm-hmm. and creating something that is more, where there's more love and, you know, something that grows not out of fear, like you like to say, <laughs> something that grows out of a place of love rather than of a place of fear, something that grows out of abundance rather than um, a place of lack and yeah. scarcity. So. Yeah. So yeah, I really, which is why I really value this work because, you know, we get to change it. If 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 you've gone through it, you get to change it for your kids, yeah. and I get to change it for my kids. Yeah. You know, as you were saying that um, from a place <laughs> of abundance. Before I actually not keep on circling around this, but when you're saying that from a place of abundance, not of lack, I'm thinking about the lack part. That it's it's. You know, people who grew up from a place of lack, of lacking anything, love, um, attention and all that, they will try to hoard it and keep it, right? Yeah. But when you were raised from a place of abundance, I guess you operate from a place of this is here. This This is for us. This is for all of us. And this I deserve to. And, you know, it's normal to receive, you know. Um, Yeah. And I just saw this quote here, I think on the book, it says it's our less conscious thoughts and our less conscious actions which mainly mold our lives and the lives of those who springs from us right oh yeah yeah, yeah but... oh i left i left one one money type it was the magician the magician and that's yeah the magician we all want to become magicians money magicians that's who we all aspire to be a money magician someone who, you know, who claims their power, who's able to do the work that's required to manifest, you know, money and abundance for themselves. They're able to transform their reality. They're not hung up on the, I guess they don't have those those limiting beliefs in the sense that I don't need money to feel secure. I don't need things around me to make me feel like I am valuable. I don't need things to add meaning to my life, you know. I accept myself as I am. I know I'm whole. I know I am capable. I am creative and I'm able to create money and experiences for myself that I want to allow into my life. So that's who we all want to be. It's 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 the self-aware part. It's the self-aware us that we want to be, you know. Yeah, exactly. So in closing this part, why is it important to heal our money past and how do we begin? I guess you've mentioned how do we begin to cultivate that, but how do we begin to change our money stories in a way that serves us and sustain us, especially as entrepreneurs? Because sometimes that wounding or that relationship you have with money may also affect how you are able to price as an entrepreneur, but also how you are able to value your skills, maybe in the work environment. How do we begin to cultivate a better relationship with money? Yeah, so once you have identified 
the beliefs and the attitudes that you have that are not serving you and maybe the habits and behaviors that you've adopted that are not serving you um the next step is to remember how i said you know you look at where you are or how you how you have been <laughs> to where you who you want to be right i think as a business as an entrepreneur and a business person i would put it you know to you that if you were feeling like for example, I'm not able to charge for my product. I'm not able to charge what I really want because of perception of people. But is that the kind of business person you want to be? You know, As, then looking at a successful business person too, you know, what are they able to do? They know what they want. They assert what they want for themselves. You know, they do their research see what what is going on in the market what are market rates for what's going on you know and then maybe they even speak to the the people that they are serving you know to find out you know what would be a good price point for you. so you just do those things mimicking or becoming the person that you want to be yeah. and letting go of who you are <laughs> i don't know if that makes sense yeah. So you'll remember that in our work, you know, we've identified those things that we want to work on, right? And then we look at what is the opposite of this? What is the more positive aspect or the, the, the what's the positive side of this? Mm. And um, how would we, what would we want it to transform into um, that is more positive for us? I think being able, as you were saying that, identifying what is the opposite of the not necessarily negative but i think let's call it what it is the negative yeah. or what is hindering you where do you want to move towards that can be your solution yeah. okay yeah so um maybe i can make a, a few examples if you're a person who maybe believes that money is evil evaluating that belief and seeing okay when you know this is where this belief comes from and then looking at you know reflecting on whether is money evil are all successful people like that what kind of successful person do i want to be or what kind of person who has money do i want to be you know then you can look at people who have money and are actually doing good things and it inspires you to yeah. work towards being that kind of person. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even like people who share the same values as you and yeah. are um, doing big things, um, I think that also helps. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in closing, I want to ask you, what part of your life now would you say is a gift <laughs> to your younger self or a dream actualized um, from the prayers of your younger self? I, one of the things that I am enjoying in my life right now is, is my freedom, right? And I guess freedom is, is really one of, of my values. And with my freedom that I have, that I enjoy now, I get to spend a lot of time with my children, like quality time. I get to, I have the opportunity to do that and do so intentionally, you know? So I, I will go on dates, individual dates with them because <laughs> they're different ages anyway, just so they know that, you know, um, they are loved here. They are appreciated here. They get to have my attention here. And this is something that my younger self sometimes you know didn't get to have <laughs> yeah didn't get to have um and interestingly enough i am also cultivating that now with my father right because my younger self didn't get that but because of this journey that i've been on i'm able to now say um to him you know what let's have a do-over let's make it how we want it to be <laughs> Let's make it how we want it to be, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's a gift to my younger self, definitely. Also, I am, in doing this work, you know, <laughs> uh, it 
when I started, I had decided, yes, I'm going to be a money coach. I'm going to help people. People need this so much. I needed it. And I know there are other people who need it out there. I made the decision and then along came imposter syndrome. You don't belong here. Yeah. Who are you yeah. to speak to people about this? Or who are you for people to listen to you and take you seriously? Mm-hmm. Um, and also because of, you know, my, my low self-esteem and self-worth, feelings of self-worth, just putting myself out there made me so insecure. Yeah. But I'm gifting my younger child this because I'm stepping out, even though I'm scared. <laughs> and, um, and I can't say that I have the confidence now. But I am stepping out and yeah. stepping into yeah. it, giving my younger child that so that she gets to see that, wow, you know, you actually got this. Mm. <laughs> you can do this. Mm. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question, but. It does in such a beautiful way. Like, I love that. Like, it, as you said, the first one, uh, it allows you to, you and your dad to have a do-over, but also to give yourself in such a meaningful way to your kids as well. And the imposter part, oh my gosh, especially as, I mean, the reason why I asked that, um, how does your story connect to this? Because to be quite honest, we never stop learning. We never stop healing, right? And because we do this work, sometimes we are also healing while doing this work. So the imposter tells you, who are you to teach about something that you are still healing within yourself, (laughs) right? So to be able to to still show up. And I mean, that's a beautiful gift to your younger self, as you said. So I do value that you shared that. I appreciate that actually. Now be like, yeah, "Yeah, that's a gift to my younger (laughs) self. I love and that. something that and something that uh, one of um, uh, my coaches I consider myself to have lots of coaches people whose books I read you know they're sharing a part of them and encouraging me in some way mm-hmm. and holding space for me right um, through their words and so um, w- one thing that he, he said was you know what um, you don't need you don't need um, confidence to do this work. You don't need confidence to do your work. It's confidence is not a requirement. What is required is commitment. That's what is required. Confidence is a result of you committing to do your work, right? So you don't need confidence. (laughs) And so, and so that's what I like to think about now when I'm feeling very nervous about like, no, um, I don't need to be confident to do this, but I'm committed to this work. So I'll go with that. Because I'm committed, I'm going to show up and the confidence will come later. And something else that he said was, people don't need you to have made it or to have um, completely healed or um, to be smarter than them or more successful than them. You're just, they want to be heard. They want to know that there's someone out there who understands me. They want to know that I am heard, I am supported. That's all they want. They don't care about how successful you are and what accreditation you have. Okay, yes, we do consider those things. Yeah. But really, can we just maybe for this moment, think about it in your community? Mm. I mean... I just, I appreciate that there's someone who's on the same journey as I am in. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I belong here. Yeah. There's someone who understands me, who speaks the words that are in my heart that sometimes I cannot articulate, but she articulates them so well. And she articulates how I'm feeling so well. And it's a healing to me. And that's all that matters. I don't care what degree you have, what school you went to. what school you went to, um, I mean, what position you hold um, in your work or in your career, it doesn't matter. It matters to me that I feel understood and I feel 
um, supported and I'm part of a community which I feel like I belong in. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters. So it's not the, <laughs> I'm sure. more successful and I've made, I'm healed. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> No, that, yeah. that really hit home. That really hit home because I, I'm just thinking about how it's funny that, okay, yeah, sometimes I guess qualifications do um, open the doors, right? Like it becomes your first yeah. point of reference. If people don't know you and don't know of your work, that becomes like yeah. what they get to know, right, before. But once they, yeah. Yeah. once they know your work or sometimes even if they get to know your work before getting to the part mm-hmm. about qualifications, they often don't even get to the point of asking about your qualifications. That's why yeah. I think that resonated because I've seen how, for me, no one has ever asked me, or I get a few people asking, <laughs> what did you actually study? And I love that so much. <laughs> because yeah. it feels like that's the irre- irrelevant part of everything. Um, what she studied, we get what we get from her and that's okay. And I think that is so affecting yeah. as well and encouraging um, what you just said, so yeah. We, and maybe just answering briefly, we often teach what our inner child also needed or needs to hear. What is the one hard thing that you had to learn as you were teaching, sharing, or the one thing that you had to affirm your inner child as you were teaching? Yeah, um, it's, it's so true. It, that is so true. Um, I, I, I still have to um, affirm my inner child that you know what, you are worthy. You're worthy to, to be in this space. You're worthy to do this kind of work. You know, um, you're worthy to do works that, uh, this work that fulfills you and gives you life and nourishes you. You deserve that. And I also have to reaffirm her that she belongs. So I, it's a continuous thing. I don't know if we ever arrive. Maybe we will. Maybe I will. <laughs> but I still have to reaffirm my inner child that she belongs and that she is worthy. And I have to get my clients to see the same thing in themselves and to help their inner child um in that way so <laughs> i love that yeah that is so beautiful <sighs> i love that so how do you define i think like this is the question for that you ask a money coach um how do yeah. you define success for yourself now now um wow i guess success for me now is being able you know being able to to serve and being able to to help someone transform their life in some way in a positive way and to help them step into their power and step into their greatness and so if i if i am able to you know through my work at least get one person to to step into their greatness and <laughs> to step into their power and to create this life that makes them oh so happy <laughs> i've made it <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah yeah i think while at the same time creating um the same kind of life that makes me oh so happy mm-hmm. and that nourishes me mm-hmm. so much so you know for me success will be having that balance where I'm able to serve and help people step into their power and also while I'm also nourishing myself and living that this life that makes me so happy yeah yeah, it's the balancing act. Yeah. Okay, so how would you share your offering? Um, maybe now is the time to actually just share your offering and where can people find you? 
So you can find me on my web, you can check me out on my website, <laughs> um, Money EQ Inc. You can find me on my, I am on Instagram. I took a skip back from Instagram to do some background work because when you're an entrepreneur, <laughs> you do everything by yourself. So you're the jack of all trades for your business. So I needed to take a step back to um, devote my time to other things but I am on Instagram and I will be on Instagram a little bit more so you can find me on Instagram ways in which you can work with me uh, you can work we can work one-on-one -on -one to help you I mean I like to say to help you uh, work on your financial goals but ultimately to get to where you want to go you need to look at what's driving you and what's stopping you from getting to where you've been wanting to go so we can work together one-on-one -on -one to look at your um, history and your beliefs and your attitudes and how they are stopping you from um, this life that you desire and then we can also I do I, I prefer to work one-on-one, -on -one, but I do work with small groups. They have to be intimate so that, you know, um, we can get to have that one-on-one -on -one time where I get to serve you as an individual and also still have that being part of a community and being part of something bigger um, element to it. So small groups, maximum eight. Um, You'll see those on my website. And then I'm working on introducing, um, I would like to call it a, an intensive, because that's what they call it these days, but like a coaching day, basically, mm. for those people who are not ready to go deep, because there are those people who are not ready to go deep. So, but you have these immediate issues that you want to address in your financial life. So we can come together for a day, a few hours, as long as we need to, to just kind of work through everything. Sometimes you just need a sounding board. Sometimes you just need someone to, to, to guide you and give you the direction. Sometimes you, you just don't know where to start when it comes to money, especially when it's been building up, you know? Yeah. And so just to have that space where we can look at, um, things together and you can have a sounding board and you can get some guidance and direction and someone to just support you and um, give you like an action plan things that you can go and work on yeah so for people who, who are not ready to do the internal work this this would suit them better okay I normally also just include everything like your details in terms of your website and your um your social media accounts so on the show notes of the the episode so i'll do so um i just wanted you to, to share your offering as well as to what you're currently working on as well i think lastly like just sharing your affirming reminder um to anyone who's listening and maybe just a question um for someone to actually reflect on based on our conversation today so for our for our listener today i i want you to know that um you are you are worthy right you you you're worthy you are enough you don't need um to validate your worth or yourself um or, or your value with with things just know that you are enough because when you know that when you know that you are enough and that you are worthy and then nothing that is external mm. nothing that is external to you is going to move you and make you feel like you are less than is going to move you and feel like you need to prove yourself or your worth just know for yourself know for yourself that you you are worthy and and that you are enough and so that's my that's my affirmation and I choose that one because I know that in 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 my work I have seen that a lot of the time it's you know this is what a lot of people just need to hear they need to know that they're enough they need to know that they are they are worthy and 
and in knowing that they're able to to receive and to create these experiences that that they've been longing to have for themselves yeah thank you for that i appreciate i appreciate that a lot as well so what would you what would be your reflection question if everything that was if everything material was taken away from you if everything was stripped away what is it that would matter to you if everything what that is material was stripped away from you what is it that would matter to you something for you to reflect on and certainly the answer to that question is what matters most to you and that is what is worth pursuing and that is what your life and everything that you are building should be for we like to say that money is supposed to create meaning in your life and uh, create purpose in your life but when you just strip everything away and think about what truly matters to you and that's what you should be pursuing wow thank you thank you thank you so much thank you so much for you for <laughs> engaging me on this conversation as well enriching i think i enjoyed it so much myself and i look forward to sharing it because really for me it was enriching and it was yeah impactful so thank you so much yeah. thank you thank you very much um for for having me lerato i i it's like i was praying this morning and saying to god you know what this is like an answer to my prayers right wow. just having such conversations and being able to have such conversations um it's just an answer to my prayers and i hope that in a way this can be a stepping stone for more conversations related to to money and yeah. and enriching our lives yeah thank you for listening to this episode i really do appreciate you for being here Please remember to share your love openly here by subscribing, sharing these episodes and also just adding your feedback on the reviews. So this podcast can also be easily found by those in similar journeys and needing the message here. I would love to hear how the podcast is helping you. So do share that too with me and be sure to check the podcast out on Instagram. Keep well, chat to you soon.